Hey, welcome to another edition of the Seaport Pass Show. I'm here with Travis Jadon from the Savannah Morning News. He's a sports reporter here in town. Travis, welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me, Pat. You pronounced the last name perfectly, man. Perfect, well, perfect I did I did have a nice little BC trip to France in 89, <laughs> so that kind of helped a little bit. Shout out Ms. Taylor. Yes. So... Um, you were born and raised in Savannah? Yeah, yep. Born and raised. Right went, on. Went to uh, Savannah Country Day in high school. Country but, Day? Yeah, yeah. Country yeah. Good. You're born and raised here, right? Right, yeah. Uh, now, which neighborhood are you Are you from over by the stadium or? By Grayson Stadium? Yeah. No, from, uh, so I grew up over on Whitfield Avenue, like Halcyon Bluff. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. I know that one. Yeah. And, but um, when you were younger, you worked on the ground screw at the stadium yeah at the at the stadium for the sand Nats when they were here I'm trying to remember now i think it was 2010 to whenever they left which was what 15 yeah yeah so five right years on. i was out there on the ground screw i i uh at the end of my career on the ground screw i broke the broke the cut to get on the dancing squad so I, got, <laughs> I, got to, I got to dance once or twice but it didn't last long nate nate and the crew that's right yeah yeah nate the net my buddy Nate. So you're on the ground screw. So you know the Cavinos. How long you know yeah. them? Yeah, Robert and Ben. You know them from the stadium, or? Uh, yeah, actually, my mom worked with their dad, so they knew each other. And then when I was uh, younger, Robert used to babysit me, if you can believe that. <laughs> yeah, um, I can. Super teacher over there. Yeah, yeah. Nice. He was, he was a real role model <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, they worked on the Sand Nats and Ben Cavino. Actually. Yeah, he must have been the reason you have a green monster t-shirt on no, right No, that now. can't be it. That can't be it. <laughs> I was a Red Sox fan before them. Okay, but, nice. Okay, yeah. cool. Grew up in Savannah and you're a Red Sox fan. How's yeah, that? that? You got the Boston relatives or no, you I just don't. like that, Sox? That tends to rub people the wrong way, I think. It's funny how I became... A Red Sox fan. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Forget the name of it now. The baseball game on Sega Genesis. Remember Sega Genesis? Yeah, yeah. So they Red Sox had Mo Vaughn at that point. Nice. Yeah. The home run hitting game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. I was uh, fascinated that a man the size of Mo Vaughn could play baseball. So I just started liking the Red Sox. Yeah, he's built like a truck, Mo Vaughn. Yeah. I think his son actually played for the Sand Nats in 2014. Corey Vaughn. I, I remember his, him nephew. coming through at least. Yeah, I don't, his nephew or his son. Yeah, and uh, so you went to Country Day and everything. Um, when did you um, did you know early on you wanted to go into sports reporting, or was that something that came through um, like working at the stadium and well, being around players? Or yeah, it's, I guess it was a little bit of everything. I, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to. You know, like any other kid that played sports, I wanted to do something in sports. As soon as I found out that I wasn't good enough to go pro in anything or play college in anything, um, you know, I, I wanted to stay connected to sports somehow. So I knew I wanted to write and I knew I wanted to stay in sports. So those two things kind of just met in the middle. And I guess I just started I started writing in high school for the paper um, and then at Armstrong for the Inkwell uh, and then started freelancing here in Savannah, probably around the time that the Sand Nats were leaving, so 20, around 2015. Okay. So you went to Armstrong? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and you graduate Armstrong? Yeah, yeah, and so so when I was at Armstrong working for the Sand Nats, 
also freelancing, um, you know, I found myself around a lot of, obviously, players that were going to be possible future big leaguers. There were going to be, um, you know, names like Wilmer Flores and, and people right. like that. So I found that I was around a lot of people that were interesting and that were in sports and that I could write about. Um, so Nathan Dominance over at the Savannah Morning News, my boss now, okay. um, gave me an opportunity to start freelancing. And that's how I started writing uh, you know, for the morning news. That's when they're, they're pretty much bringing in the new guard, so to speak, as far as Savannah Morning News or yeah. the sports Yeah, well, I mean, I, in the, yeah, in the sports department, at least, um, Nathan Dean, the guy that was in my job before me, was there for a few years. Um, and before that, it was a four-person four department. Yeah. So you had the editor uh, was um, Tony Statsing at the time, and then Dominus and Dennis Knight. Yeah. And um, and then Nathan Dean. So when when um, Statsing left, Dominus became the editor, and then it was down to a three-person department. When Dean left, uh, they had a two-person <laughs> really, department. So they were they, really they moved, busy. Yeah, they moved, yeah. They moved quickly to hire somebody because I know you know it'd be tough. It's tough to do it with three people. It would be t- tougher to do it with two people. I remember they were trying to get people to do freelance high school stuff at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we're, we're, I think we're still looking for people to do freelance high school stuff. If anyone out there is interested. Right on. So, so you went to Armstrong. Uh, how do you feel about um, Armstrong being Southern now? Well, I mean, it's interesting. It's it's there's a lot a lot of moving pieces that, frankly, are probably over my head. As, as far as why they were consolidated, but um, athletics, speaking of the athletics, it, it's sad because Armstrong had a legacy of its own. Georgia Southern has a, a rich history, but Armstrong's you know, sports history was rich in its own right. Their baseball team's always been pretty baseball good. Baseball teams, yeah. I mean, um, I think they had some soccer teams that won titles, tennis teams. Tennis team, definitely, yeah. For sure. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's probably a smart move. Like I said, there's smarter people than me that... that yeah, that it's definitely stuff, but, financial. But. Yeah, but it was tough to see. It, it moved pretty fast, especially in the athletic department because you have, you know, athletic directors and coaches trying to finish what they started at Armstrong all the while knowing there's a definitive end date. Right. To when I have my job, so I got to look out for my family and, you know, look out for my own. So people were right, kind of right. jumping ship, no pun intended. So, um, what's your favorite sport? Not necessarily to cover, but just your favorite sport in general. Baseball, I think. Big baseball, baseball yeah. guy. Yeah, we yeah. got that, and um, it's definitely the Red Sox. Yeah, it's the Red Sox. I, right I, follow, I follow the Braves. I watch the Braves nearly every night. They're on TV every night. Um, and um. Have you had a chance to see some games at Boston? Yeah, I did. I actually went to uh, I went to Derek Jeter's last game ever in Boston. So, oh, very yeah, nice. Was, I think going, that was. If you're gonna go to a game, that would have been a good one to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It was on it was on my birthday as well. So late September of 2015, and the Red Sox and Yankees. This is a funny story. The Red Sox and Yankees are both out of it. I forget. I think the Orioles won the division that year. Yeah. Um, they're both out of it, and, and you know there's two games left in the season. The Red Sox call up some no-name starter uh, that throws a knuckleball, Stephen Wright, at the time. And now you know I remember Stephen Wright. Now, now he's not a no-name. At the time he was. So, but you know everyone in that stadium was there to see Jeter that night. Yeah. 
Okay, so... Who do you follow? You a, you a Braves I, fan? I, I've always been a Braves fan. There was a time in um, the late 80s where I actually had a Red Sox hat. That was... That was... <laughs> that was... Um, that was actually Roger. That was actually Clemens era Red Sox. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they stunk it up, but... They had Clemens and they had um, Oil Cam Boyd. Okay. I don't know if you, you no, no, kind of remember your dad talking about Oil Cam Boyd, maybe. Okay. Yeah, we get a little old school. Somehow yeah. the Red Sox but managed like, to like Yeah, the, 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 uh, yeah, once they won the one title and then the bandwagon stuff started it, and I was yeah. just like, nah, I'm a Braves fan. I've always been a Braves yeah. fan. It's, After it's 2004, all the sympathy kind of left. You yeah. Know, same thing kind of happened to the it's Cubs, just, I guess. They're, they're just like the Red Sox. I mean, they're just like the Yankees. So, I, mean, like, <laughs> I resent that. Theo Epstein is a genius, but yeah. Yeah, they let him get away also. So, um, you said you're, you're on the way over to the stadium to cover the bananas? Yeah. If the rain holds off the bananas play tonight, I don't know when this is going up, but... Um, yeah, Monday night. They're coming off their first Sunday game of the year. They don't play Sunday games. Yeah, that was like a makeup already. Right, right. So I think that's why they build in those permanent days off so you can have the easy uh, makeup games for rain. And uh, Cool, cool. And uh, the, as of this, uh, they just won the first half, I guess? Yeah, first half. So, they're, so, they, so they get a playoff burst. So that's an exciting stuff yeah home playoffs. i think that's home the playoffs. first one they've i think this is the first time they've been in the playoffs or have a playoffs i could be wrong well i think you know they've been in the playoffs they won it the first year they won the cpl the first year second year um i think they won the second half maybe they made it to the playoffs not a great record last year um but this year's a different brand and, and it's uh, it's fun to watch they're 16 and 4 yeah. So at any level, in any sport, that's a good record. I hear um, they're stealing a lot of bases this year. That's pretty exciting. They are, yeah, and they're and and they uh, that's kind of their claim to fame. They I think they've stolen eighty bases on the year through twenty games. That's amazing. Yeah, so they're on pace to shatter the record, which I, I want to say is one ninety for that league. But the, the gist of it is they're they're playing a different brand. They don't hit home runs. They don't hit extra base hits. Right. They have like a 420 on base. Oh wow! And then when they get on base, they'll take they their just chances. Go on base and be aggressive. Yeah, they That's... need the league in cost stealing as well. But I mean, they, I don't think they can, they're concerned with that. Well, you know, you got to stick it out there sometimes. So, um, as somebody who like was around the stadium for the Sandnats and now seeing the bananas, um, what's your take on that? So, it's still baseball. Yeah, it's still baseball, and and I'll try to be as quick as I can with this Pat, But true, this is something that, that I'm pretty passionate about. That I think the myth is that the bananas, their success, automatically makes you look back at the Sandnats, and especially the last five years, the Sandnats were here, and think that they were doing something wrong, and that's why people weren't in the stands. Yeah, for me. You can look at it this way. If there's a certain amount of people that are going to attend a baseball game in Savannah over the course of a season, if you spread that out into 80-something home games or 70-something home games, each game will have less people. It's hot out there, too, especially but, right yeah. now. It's so miserable. It's a different brand, but the Sandats, I think people forget how good they were as they were leaving town. 
They yeah, the Mets put, definitely put some people through there. Yeah, and so the winning, the winning didn't bring people to the seats. I think it was the, how often the sand mats were available to be had. In other words, so if you couldn't go tonight to a sand mats game, then you probably had the next five or six days to go. Right. And yeah. If you, could, you know what I mean? They're in town for so long. They play so many home games. And it's available. You can walk up. Right. That right. was always nice. I mean, I live in the neighborhood, and if that's something we struggle with now. It's like it's so nice to just, oh, I, I all of a sudden I have some time off. I can go to yeah. a game, but I can't because there aren't any tickets. I also want to say that I don't think that the Sandnats, we know about the stadium debate and, and how all that went down. The the Sandnats not selling out, or the Fireflies now, I guess. Yeah, I've, I've, from what I understand, um, I had Sean Brown on the show a couple weeks ago. Right. He was letting me know. I'm sure you do. Well, Sean's let me know that like they're not doing so great in Columbia too, as far as like they're no, the, probably averaging 700 people or something. Yeah, it's not it's not good. But again, I don't know that that's so. That kind of just proves that it wasn't it wasn't the Sand Nats in Savannah that did it. It's no. maybe just people don't generally like to go see general low apathy. A, yeah, low <laughs> a minor baseball, and that's not yeah. some new revelation. So I don't know that because the Sand Nats aren't attracting people, I still don't know that it was the right decision not to build a new stadium. So, okay. you know, that's, that's yeah. my two cents on it. Right, right. Um, I like that the Bananas are bringing all these, like, stuff to do every... There's something to do all year long. For sure. Yeah, for sure. It's not necessarily maybe my type of music, per se. Yeah. But I think they're feeling it out, and eventually they'll get around to bringing some stuff in for everybody. They will, and I think what's admirable is that those guys get it over there. Jared, um, all those guys, even down to the manager of the baseball team, he gets what's going on outside the lines. So... Everything they're doing, they have. They're doing it for a reason. And right. It's strategic and it's working, and it's infectious. It's it's fun to be at a bananas game. You know, I don't know anyone that has gone to a game and that hasn't walked away. <laughs> Maybe not impressed. That's not the right word. It took but, me a uh, while to go that first year, but I had fun when yeah, I went. I was a little salty when the sand nuts left. I won't lie, because well, I had I'm, a soft spot. I was throwing major salt. I mean, yeah. come on. I grew up in that stadium. I worked three right. years for the sand nuts. I was Mr. Salty. I was, well, so you were following it while they were while they were deciding on the stadium. And we, you saw yeah, the writing on the I mean, uh, I was there 06 to 08. Yeah. I was there when they switched from the Nationals to the Mets and actually started, the Mets started actually bringing some talent through. Right. Because they liked the town. Well, yeah, and it was international town. And it was international town. That was a big deal. That had a lot to do with it. They liked the fact that there was, like, their players weren't, like, in the middle of nowhere in some country, you know, where nobody's speaking Spanish or... Yeah, the Mets don't tend to care. Their AAA team is in Las Vegas. Right. yeah. not a short flight if you get the call up. You know, late late on a weekday night. I, 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 I'm a big. I'm still a big fan of Wilmer, even though he's a, even those those guys are Mets. I've got my I've got my loyalty to some, some of them. Um, Wilmer won my dad a <coughs> a few thousand dollars in, in lotto money on a home run jackpot. So that was nice to go to some baseball on the Sand Nats, <laughs> so that, to speak. I think that was my favorite team. That guy, team, I was just mad I wasn't there. Wilmer, yeah, Wilmer was an exciting kid. And then Juan, I took Juan Lagarde to the airport a couple of times Did myself. You? Yeah, just because they, 
in those years, they didn't know he was bouncing back and forth like a lot of players. So. Right, yeah, he was still – he's having a tough time staying healthy. But I remember all those players um, on that team. Lagares, that, that team was loaded, man. They had Flores, Lagares. And then there was a couple years before that, they had a guy, um, Reggie Fitzpatrick. We used to call him the mayor because <laughs> he was in Savannah for like three seasons. No way. We didn't ever think he was going to get called up. Yeah, man. I don't know what happened to him. That's uh, – yeah, he never – you love meeting the Sandats players when you work for them, but you never want to see them two years in a row, and I think everyone knows that. You know, oh, yeah, you have real. fun while you're there, and you hope not to be back. And, and then, and then, uh, come to realize this: it's not more, it's not all entirely the team. It's also the memories associated with the stadium. For sure. Like, I was, I was behind Smoltz at home plate when he did his rehab press conference. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's, that's awesome. just memories yeah. that are. I got to see Johan Santana. Yeah. Yeah, I remember they, he came, the game was at 7.05, and we're out there watering the infield. Um, Andy Rock, the old. I remember Rock, because Rock yeah. was with me when he came in. Yeah, so Rock says that he's going to come in to the outfield gate, the right field gate. And, and most people don't even know there's a little gate over there. Yeah. Past the bullpen. Um, so Johan Santana comes in almost like a scene from like, out of a movie. Comes in like at 6.55, we're watering the infield. You know, he's already fully uniformed, just walks in the dugout. Yeah. Gets ready to go. I mean, it, it was uh, it was cool to see people like that. And that's the one thing the Bananas, for all their, for, you know, for all their flash and, and entertainment value, Johan Santana won't be pitching there. You know what I mean? And so that's that's tough to swallow, but you'll never, you know, likely see that again. That's just my, that's like the biggest thing. But then, like, not everybody's there for just baseball. They're there for entertainment. So. True. 100% true. Not every, but there's definitely not, like, everybody's not a total baseball nut. So. Yeah. And, and again, I'll just say, what's undeniable is that what the Bananas are doing is working. And, oh, yeah. And it's working way, way better than anything that's ever been here it's before. It's like something straight out of, it's like something straight out of Disney World type. Yeah. 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 The dancing first base coach is, is all time. So I'm going to wrap this up real quick so you can get over to the stadium. Um, this is a question I like to ask everybody that comes on the show. You get a little downtime or like some of your, um, maybe you got a little extra cash from doing a few extra freelance stories or something. What's what's some, uh, what's your five spots in Seaport that you like to go, uh, like maybe restaurants or like maybe yeah. you like karaoke or? Yeah, so I, um, I like social, social club downtown. Right on. Um, Spanky's is is one of my favorite Classic. spots. Yeah. yeah. The Spanky's, I like the one on River Street and, and the one on Mall Boulevard. Um, let's see, where else? I'll tell you this, I don't usually go anywhere. When I go out, I don't go anywhere that I can't eat. either sit down or I can't hear the other person. So I don't go to like... Uh, so it's too loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm old in that sense, I guess. Um, Barrel House South is another cool place. Uh, B&D Burgers on the south side is a cool spot. On Abercorn. Yeah, they, I miss, set up there I miss living else. out there because there yeah. was some tailgate. I think, yeah, tailgate's a cool spot too, but B&D Burgers, they're set up on the porch and, and, and inside is, is made for watching sports. And yeah, it's a, it's a cool time there. So I guess those would be my spots if I had to pick some. Right on, right on. Um, We're going to wrap this up. Um, where you, where can people reach you on uh, social media? Uh, you can social. follow me on Twitter. It's at Jadon Sports. 
um, J-A-U-D-O-N. Um, find me on Facebook, obviously, and then all of the all of our stories and coverage at the morning news, uh, SavannahNow.com right slash sports. Um, and yeah, we got a lot of big things coming up this summer, a lot of features. Uh, so, you know, appreciate everyone reading and, and give me a follow. At me if you want. Right on, right on. Alright, well, um, that wraps up another edition of the Seaport Pat Show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Um, this interview, as or this and all shows can be found on Anchor Media and iTunes, all your plat, all your basically all your podcast platforms, Google Play, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. And I want to remind everybody to catch the best in reggae dancehall music every Thursday from eight to nine p.m. Eastern on the mighty WRUU. That's one hundred seven point five FM in town and WRUU.org. For all you international listeners, Uh, thanks everybody, and y'all have a great week. Be safe in these streets.